Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to this mock draft special Friday morning episode. Later on today, we're going to talk the whole fantasy basketball landscape with the great Aaron Bruski. Get into the big picture stuff about fantasy sports, the industry, life. You guys, so I know when I am like, oh, we're going to talk about this player and that player with Brew, then everybody gets mad when we talk about just life. But Brew and I haven't done a pod together in, I don't know, you guys go look it up when the hell the last time was did a podcast with the big dog. So I'm very excited about that. That's coming up later today. Uh, I am looking at the mock draft window, and right now there are a lot of autos. So this one might not go the way that I was hoping. Uh, we'll see if people continue to plop in, but it's only like a minute and a half away. I haven't put it on the screen yet. And there's four, I think, autos in here. This is very upsetting. I worked really hard. Wait a minute. Somebody just dropped in. I worked really hard. I joined this one so early because uh, it's so hard to get the one pick. You know, maybe I could find another one. No, that one doesn't start for like eight minutes yet. I don't want to switch. I want to do it from the one slot. Oh, someone else just dropped in. We're down to two or three now. All right, well, maybe we'll get it to go through. Anywho, um, yeah, I thought about switching over. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. If, if the autos uh, stick this whole way through, we'll only go 40 or 50 picks deep. But I think the main thing is, you guys are asking, what do you do when you've got Jokic at number one? I want to do this one first three or four rounds. I'll do this one real style. It's not going to be a true recon mock. I might go recon like th- fourth round and beyond. Uh, but right now, we'll, uh, we'll do it for real. You guys can see what players are there. What am I going to do as I'm sort of pairing guys up with Nikola Jokic? And uh, we'll see how it fits. Let's get the uh, mock window on the screen for you since it's about to get going. By the way, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Bespris. There it is on the screen for you. D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. Please do take a moment to like and subscribe. It looks like we do still have three auto picks, which stinks. It is what it is. We'll see how things go. I don't think the autos in the first... Oh, someone else just dropped in, so we might be down to two autos now. Uh, I don't think that auto picks screw up the board as much the first two or three rounds, because typically those guys go, not necessarily in perfect order, but like by the end of the, by pick 12, the same 11 or 12 guys are usually off the board. Yeah, the order flip-flops a little between like picks, you know, 7 and 12, but... I don't think that's what you guys really wanted to know about picking from the one slot anyway. Hey, look, more guys are dropping in. We're down to only one auto now. All right, I guess we can go a little bit deeper. There's your board for you right in front of you. I obviously went Jokic first. The first round goes uh, Jokic, Doncic, Embiid, Halliburton. Dame went real early in this one at five, so somebody thinks he's going somewhere. Maybe that isn't Miami. Jason Tatum at six. Steph Curry at seven. Shea goes eight. That's That's a nice get at eight, by the way. LaMelo Ball at 9, Anthony Davis at 10, Giannis uh, only all down at 11 in this one, and Kevin Durant goes 12th, which is an absolute steal at the end of the first round. Devin Booker goes 13th, that's probably not where I'd go there. Sabonis, 14th, Anthony Edwards, 15th, those guys, the durability pocket, 
that's now slid up to the front end of the second round. I think we may have priced those guys out a little bit for whatever that's worth. But again, I think what you are all most interested in drafting at the one slot as Kyrie goes 16th is who's on the board typically at the end of the second round, beginning of the third round now as someone just left. So now we're back down to we're back at two autos. And then what do I do with them? Donovan Mitchell and Mikhail Bridges off the board at 17 and 18. So here's what I'm looking at here. There goes JJJ at 19. I was kind of hoping maybe he would fall far enough. The problem with the end of the second, early third, is that we're all going to be enticed by beat-up old guys. And you guys know I love the beat-up old guys. Made a damn fantasy basketball analyst career out of drafting beat-up old guys when they fall farther than they should. The problem here is that there is an inherent risk in taking someone like a Kawhi Leonard as Trey Young goes 20th, or a Jimmy Butler, or a LeBron, or a Paul George, or James Harden. There's all these old guys right in that pocket. Freddie Van Vliet goes 21st. You don't need to take those guys. And where, if you had, say, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. If you had, like, Jason Tatum who's probably going to be more like 10, 11, 12 per game this coming year, will be more durable in the first round. There's probably an impetus, and now it's my turn, to take a guy like a Kawhi and say, I need the per game dude. Jimmy Butler and Desmond Bain go 22-23, and here I am presented with these very choices. Kawhi, Paul George, James Harden, LeBron James. Those are the first four names on the board. I think you can go Kawhi with one of them because Jokic is pretty durable and pretty safe, and so you can take the swing with your second-round pick, and I'll go Kawhi there. But I wouldn't do it twice because you have so much value locked in by Jokic that you want to make sure you pair him up with someone else who's going to be on the court, and you're in such great shape. So no, I don't think I'd go Harden here. I think, in fact, I would scroll down a little bit and go DeJounte Murray. That's probably the direction I go. You get a nice steals bump. Uh, actually, all three of my guys are pretty good at steals. DeJounte gives you the assists on top, on top of what Jokic is doing. None of the guys I've got so far are really hurting you in percentages all that much. So I'm pretty good in all of those as well. Uh, Jokic has the nice start and rebound, and Murray is a pretty good rebounding guard. That's the kind of pairing I'm looking for with Jokic at the top pick. You can take one swing in the second or third. And then I think I'd take a guy that historically has been pretty durable and pretty good kind of across the board. And that's what you got out of Murray. Other potential options there, if you really wanted to reach farther, uh, you could go Lowry Markinen. I'm not super excited about that, but he does cover up some of the stuff. Like he gives you most likely some scoring that maybe you're not getting out of Jokic. He'll add on top of the Jokic rebounds, uh, but you'll have to go get assists Again, a little bit later, because Jokic can't do that all by himself. Here's the draft results board, by the way, if you if you guys are watching in. Uh, I was hoping Desmond Bain, as the other point, could be that other guy, uh, but he got taken at 23, so I had to move down to sort of the next guard option on my chart, which would have been DeJounte. Right after Murray, Paul George went off the board. I don't like that at 26. I don't think on a per-game basis he's that guy anymore. James Harden goes 27. That's the other guy I'd go per game if I didn't do the Kawhi thing because Harden, problem with Harden is I don't know how fat he's going to be coming into camp. I'll be very honest with you guys. I don't know what his 
mental status is going to be. We don't know where he's going to play. Darius Garland went after Harden. Uh, that was at 28, which Garland is rocketing up the board. I don't know, rumors of uh, Donovan Mitchell trades, I guess, pushing him forward. LeBron at 29. Uh, I'm avoiding LeBron. He's a little bit radioactive to me this year because I think the Lakers are going to try to slow him down a lot. There goes Markinen. Cat at 31 is another one that if you know you could maybe think about kind of taking a shot with him on the second, third turn, but I don't think he's that early or late first, early second round per game guy with Ruth Rudy Gobert in town anymore. He's more like a late second per game. So there isn't that massive upside, and he's not as durable as he used to be. Miles Turner goes 32. These are all guys I really like in the mid to late third round. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. But in my, like, the, there's a pretty good difference between 24 and 32 or 33, basically, and where you're taking these guys because you want dudes typically that can beat their mark per game. I don't know that the DeJounte can beat that 25 per game. Uh, I'm actually, I was just comfortable taking him there because I think he's probably like around 30, 30 to 35 per game, but durable and pairs well with Jokic uh, out of the shoot. But like, again, I don't know that you can go all straight upside plays on the head-to-head side if you have Jokic and then you've gone Kawhi. You've taken your risk. Kawhi, we know when he's healthy, he's a top five, top six per game dude. So on the weeks where Jokic and Kawhi are both healthy at the same time, and hopefully that'll be often because Jokic is pretty durable these days, and I know coming off the championship season, a lot of stuff can go wrong. When those guys are healthy at the same time, your, your team is an absolute juggernaut because so you, you probably have two guys inside the top six. Embiid might be number one, by the way, per game, but Jokic would probably slot in as number two. And then Kawhi, he's up there in that group. The other guys that were on the board, and then I'll do a little bit of a recap here, that I thought had big-time per-game potential uh, are James Harden, who we know can be inside the top 18 when he's engaged, maybe higher if he ends up on a team where his role is bigger than Philadelphia. Uh, and we saw him go inside the top 20 last year. Miles Turner, top 20 range last year. But that's kind of it among the known quantities. So that's why I went the direction I did at that spot. Uh, next few picks. Pascal Siakam went after Miles Turner. That is pick 32? 
33, sorry. Uh, Vooch at 34, which I like him as... He's been falling, actually, farther than that. But again, very safe. Bam, 35. Eh. Jalen Brunson, 36. And now uh, teams are leaving. We're back up to three auto picks. And it comes back to me here. Uh, oh, DeMar DeRozan off the board, right? As I was thinking about saying, here's a guy that you could take at 48 and feel very comfortable with. Uh, I go Zach Levine here at 48. I want to I wanna be safe again in this head-to-head league. I see no reason to take another shot beyond Kawhi, especially when I have Jokic and such an absurdly firm base to my ball club. Uh, so I go Zach Levine. If um, Porzingis would have been an interesting guy to take as sort of like the, whoops, auto, I just got auto. God darn it. I was trying to click the Zach Levine button with one second left, and I screwed it up. Um, but let's go back to the board um, because, you know, we got enough auto picks now that this doesn't really make a ton of sense to, to keep going with. Uh, apologies to the folks down at the bottom of this draft, but, you know, half of the top half of this thing is autoing. And once I click it in, then it'll be even more than that. Um, but I, I do want to talk a little bit about what we saw here, and that's coming back in this fourth round. So we talked about Brunson at 36, then it goes De'Aaron Fox, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Brown, Rudy Gobert went uh, freakishly early here. That's an insane pick. Um, Drew Holiday at, I've lost track of the timing on this. What was Holiday? 41, uh, Ananobi 42, Wembenyama 43, Mobley 44. That's a pretty good spot to get Mobley. Walker Kessler, 45. Feel good about that. Porzingis at 46 is a really, really good pick if you don't have any risks yet. That team has a very risky club. Embiid, Butler, Harden, Porzingis. That's an all-Roto games cap upside kind of team, and this is a head-to-head mock draft. That team might not have a roster to field, you know, like a quarter of the weeks. You just can't take that many risks in head-to-head. It's a great-looking roster for a Roto Games Cap team, but... So, I might have taken the Porzingis risk. Oh, I didn't even get Zach Levine. I got Jamal Murray. <laughs> Oops. Um, if I didn't have Kawhi Leonard I and Porzingis was still on the board at 48, I probably would have done it. In fact, I might have talked myself into doing it anyway because Porzingis is another big-time per-game upside play. Uh, DeMar is another guy who... Uh, really would have fit the the mold pretty well. Kessler was someone I was looking at. All those guys came off the board right before my pick at 48. So of the guys that were left, I probably would have gone Zach Levine, take another relatively safe play, pair him up with DeJounte Murray. You get more scoring. Uh, assists are in pretty good shape. He'll get a, a handful of them. I, I could probably would have had to look at somebody that could rebound a bit as the fifth round to start that next thing. My team is devoid of blocks, but luckily there are a crap ton of them in that fifth round, in the sixth round, and you can see them coming off the board here now. And maybe that's the direction I go there. Like a Chet Holmgren, take a little bit of a risk, but don't put any holes in my percentages, but expect some rebounds and blocks out of him. Or do you go Nick Claxton and just assume that Jokic, Kawhi, Murray, and Levine could float free throws? Eh, it's a little bit dicey there. But Claxton does give you a, a very large jump in blocks. Or do you go Brook Lopez and kind of throw rebounds to the wind? Uh, so i probably go center there because I'm not sure that any of the ones I'd want would have gotten back to me at the end of the sixth round. But with all these auto picks, it doesn't matter. Half this draft is left now. Uh, it was more to point out other players that you could go at that range. Or if you were just going full upside play, you go Tyrese Maxey and just say, screw it and hope that it all hits. But i probably go Holmgren at 49 there 
um, or Claxton. Uh, and then you wait, and if there's another center that gets back to us here, and again, there's too many auto picks for it to matter, but if another one, like Jared Allen just went off the board at 68, he's one you're probably just not going to take if you have the first overall pick. He probably doesn't fall anywhere near pick 48 or 49, and he probably doesn't fall anywhere near pick 72 or 73. So just sort of get an idea of what guys are going to land in your lap and go from there. I'm going to close down the mock draft window because I think we've actually seen enough. This mock has so many autos that it's just flying, but that sort of doesn't matter at this point. I know this is a really fast one. Um, for better or worse, we we got through what we wanted to get through. What I really, again, and I'll, I'll ask you guys, by the way, please do like and subscribe if you guys are enjoying all this content. I did kind of do like a real mock for a little bit there, but again, too many autos for me to go deep into a real mock. A bunch of folks on Twitter have been asking, what do we do Jokic at one? What do we do coming back in the second round, start of the third round? And my answer is, you can take a small risk or even a medium risk there because Jokic isn't really a risk, but you don't want to go hyper-risky because if you go hyper-risky and it doesn't work, you basically thrown away that you have Nikola Jokic. You can get away with one. You most likely can't get away with two. So that's why I went Kawhi, who had... I mean, he's the only guy in that group at pick 24 that was left that has top six per game ability. And we've talked so many times on this pod about how important it is to have someone who can post those types of obscene numbers. I mean, top six is crazy. Those guys have such a powerful bearing on what you do. And Kawhi was number four the second half of last year. Number four. Uh, you have two guys inside the top four, which is effectively what that was. Jokic was two, Kawhi was four the second half of last season. There are very few teams that can stop you week to week. And I know Kawhi doesn't play as many games as everybody else, but it's not as substantial as it seems because nobody played any damn games in that top group. We get really caught up in the durability thing, and you and that's why I went DeJounte in the next one because I'm expecting him to play 70 games. Uh, I don't think he hits ADP on a per-game side, but maybe steals come back a little bit, and that, and that covers that. But even if it doesn't, it's a way of saying, look, I got my risk. Let's lock in some safe guys, pair those dudes up with Jokic. I'm going to be competitive every week. When Kawhi is rumbling, my team is a powerhouse. And when he's not, my team is still fairly competitive. Got a couple of questions here from Chris. What about Cade? I think Cade is getting overpriced these days, especially uh, off of Nikola Jokic's starting point. Um, the good thing there, I suppose, is that Jokic and his amazing field goal percent covers up Cade's likely big negative, so that allows you to kind of get away with that. Um, but I don't know how many games he's going to play this season. Uh, I think the Pistons do try to win some, so hopefully the number will be medium size. I just don't think we have enough on him to say whether he is durable or not. So let's just call that sort of a neutral point. He probably does take a pretty good step forward in per-game potential. But if I've got a guy on the board here that's a like a known top six, I'm taking that guy. Uh, but Chris, you were probably asking what about Cade versus DeJounte Murray. That's a closer one. Um, I think DeJounte probably has him a little bit on the per-game side. Cade probably beats DeJounte in blocks and free throw percent. 
I think DeJounte probably beats him in assists. Or it might be close, but I'll give the nod to Murray. He beats him in steals. Scoring's probably relatively tight between those two guys. Cade probably... Actually, neither one shoots a ton of three-pointers, and I think rebounds are, are, are kind of close. So that's why I would lean DeJounte between those two guys. Dwine. Uh, Dan, a 14-team roto. Pick two. Embiid is the consensus here. Uh, but I wouldn't want to pair Embiid with the risky guys. Well, if it's Roto, I think you can, actually. Because um, you got a games cap. So go Kawhi there. And again, try to get two guys in the top four or top six or whatever it is. Because Embiid might be the number one per game guy this year. I don't think I would take all risk, but if you went Kawhi at uh, 23 and you went Harden at 25... That's a pretty studly team, and you just have to make sure you're really on top of things for pickup. So I don't mind it in Roto with a games cap. Yeah, I mean, shoot the moon, man. Bjorn says Cat has become underrated for fantasy purposes. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he's still going, I think, around where he probably should. I think Kawhi fall. Bjorn says, I think Kawhi falls out of the top 10 per game this year. He was 25 in my points league. Yeah, we're not talking points league right now, though, Bjorn. Um, you know, he's a lower turnover superstar. Uh, but nine cat, there's almost no way he falls outside of that. He's, he's so good. I mean, the only way that it does is James Harden. James Harden is the way. So it's not no way, but some other very high usage players can have to end up on the Clippers for him to not be a top 10 per game guy. Cause again, he was number four, the second half of last year when he was playing on two good wheels. That's just Kawhi. He's a beast. Who are your top three targets in the early 60s range? Uh, let me go to the board and find out who is in the early 60s. And that will allow us to give a reasonable response on this. Uh, let's see. So here are the names in the 60s. Zion, Giddy, Derek White, Chris Paul, Boncaro, Cam Johnson, Brooke Lopez, Devin Vassell, Rudy Gobert, Tyler Hero. If you want to go a little farther into the 70s, Hero is number 70, by the way. Capella, uh, Jeremy Grant, Terry Rozier, Jalen Green, Franz Wagner, Michael Porter Jr. That gets you to number 76. I think this is a little bit of a dry area, frankly. A lot of my most interesting guys got pushed just in front or just behind that run of about 15 to 20 guys because I do like a bunch of dudes ranked between, like, 78 and 90. Um, but if you're going 60s, those guys, I like Cam Johnson. I like Brooke Lopez. I actually kind of like Rudy Gobert as more of a safe play, but not a, not an exciting one. Um, Chris Paul, if you're going back end of that, 70s I think is worth a shot. More so maybe Roto. Uh, if you have a relatively safe head-to-head -head team, you can, go, you can go Chris Paul there. And I like Jeremy Grant if you're going to reach down into the 70s and, and pull a name from a little bit farther down. Dwayne asks, is it good or insane to take Luka at pick two? Um, Roto, it's kind of insane. Um, head to head, it's not at all because you can build around Luca really easily with the stuff that he's very, very good at, and make your team also very, very good at about six categories. That's what you need. Roto, you want to be good at eight, preferably nine, but it's probably not going to happen. And uh, Luca's kind of hard to get yourself in a great position to be great at at eight categories. Uh, I'd go Embiid at two in Roto. I'd probably go Embiid at two in head to head, but I can understand the Luca side. Mikey J, love the videos. Any chance you do any mocks in the future with us listeners slash fans? Yeah, absolutely, Mikey. At some point here, we're going to start to do some more, uh, like, legitimate full-bore mocks. This is sort of still kind of like case study type mocks. I'll probably, and I won't be a ton of warning, though. I'll probably just throw the link to join on Twitter and say, hey, doing a mock in six minutes, jump in. 
So, you know, make sure you're following on Twitter. There's that uh, name, at Dan Vespers. And if you want to set alerts for this time of year, you can do that too. Um, I'm trying to do a mock at least three times a week, so you'll always know something is coming. Um, But, yeah, you'll have to kind of be Johnny on the spot for that stuff. Is there a case for picking Halliburton ahead of Embiid in head-to-head? I'm going to say no. I just Embiid. I think Embiid is going to put up some absolutely astronomical numbers this year. I'm a little worried about injury and, you know, the, the durability stuff is problematic and you hope this Harden stuff doesn't linger. But as long as that Philly team is pretty damn competitive, I don't think he's just going to throw it in. Um, so I'm going to say no on this one because Embiid is just too freaking good. There's like, it's funny because Halliburton could be like number seven per game. But if Embiid is number one, that's a big gap. One to seven is a huge gap. It's hard to it's hard to really feel it because they're all putting up such giant numbers. But um, I think I'd still go Embiid. Yellow Mamba says, piggybacking off a previous question, does taking multiple per game risky players apply to nine cat head to head with games caps for the weekly matchup? Oh, interesting. Um, yes, I think. Uh, it doesn't move all the way over to Roto Games Cap, where you can make up your games played anytime you want between you know when a player misses a day and the end of the season. There's a lot of wiggle room there where you can pick. You can basically wait until really good waiver guys pop up, injury replacement or silly season or whatever. There's just more opportunities to replace the missed game. Whereas in head-to-head with a weekly games cap, you know. If, if you got a couple of risky guys and they both miss a game on Saturday, I don't know if you're going to get to put them in IL. Will you be able to? Will you have time to make up the missed games? So it gives you a little bit more wiggle room, but not all the way there. So I don't know that I would like dramatically change my approach. Probably a few more risks, but again, only by a little bit. Any plans on doing a 14 or 16 team mock? Uh, I did a 14 teamer a couple weeks ago. Kenji former uh, contributor with us here at uh, Sports Ethos hit me up on Twitter and asked me to do another 14 teamer. So I um yes, we'll we'll slot another one of those in. Uh, if I can remember, I'll try to do one next week. Everything that I do is based on whether or not my brain can process what I'm doing on a moment to moment basis. But uh that'll wrap that up. So that's from the number 1 slot. That's what you do early in a draft when you got Nikola Jokic, you add a little bit of a dash of risk in because all the players at the end of the second round, beginning of third, are a little risky. And then you probably go down and you and you pluck someone that is uh, a little bit less so. You just you don't want to overdo the risk with Jokic. Because then you sacrifice the safety that is having Nikola Jokic. Hope that makes sense. Like and subscribe. Rate and subscribe. You guys know the deal. Let's just keep growing this machine. I'm at Dan Vespers on the socials. And I will see you guys over there. Bonus episode in the books. Come on back later today. We're talking to Big Aaron Bruski about all things fantasy basketball and where the hell he's been. By the way, the answer is in a cave working on the B-150. <laughs> Go get one, by the way. Go get a fantasy pass. Okay. Bye-bye for now.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.